Church, happy birthday. That was a cute golf clap because uh, some of y'all don't know the struggle. Some of you don't know the struggle. Some of you don't know why we get excited about new chairs. Some of you don't know why we get excited about restroom partitions. Some of you don't know. Uh, it's because you don't know the struggle. You don't. Rem uh, none of you were there in the living room when Anthony's, uh, our camera died, when we weren't even in person yet, and his arms are shaking because he's got to hold the camera. We couldn't even afford a tripod for the phone. You don't know the struggle. And so when we say we're excited about celebrating our two-year birthday, man, it's a big deal. And some of you, you've been here from the beginning of the journey. And, and here's the thing. That doesn't make us any better from those of you who want to jump into the journey. If you want your story to become a part of a bigger story, man, you're in the right place this morning. And, and I just want to welcome you. Like I said, my name's Carlos, and I'm the lead pastor here at Real Church. Uh, and I'm just thankful that you're here this morning uh, on, a, on a special day, on a special day. And so uh, if you've been with us for the last several weeks, we've been walking through the book of Philippians, just verse by verse, uh, tackling this idea of unity, this idea uh, of, man, joy, because our culture, our world needs more joy, more gratitude, more than it's ever needed it before. Um, and, and we've been enjoying that series. But today we're just going to take a pause from the book of Philippians and, and we're going to continue in a couple of weeks. And, and so if you have your Bible journals with you today, go ahead and put those away unless you want to take some notes on the side of that. Uh, you won't be needing those today. But today is special because we are going to remember. Today we're going to remember. And if, again, if you weren't with us from the beginning of the journey, uh, you're going to get a little insight of what that looked like. Uh, because celebrating, I think, causes you to remember, right? When we, when we celebrate anniversaries, when we celebrate birthdays, there's a reason for it. But ultimately, I think it just takes you to a pause in your life. And in the life that we're living, constantly going as fast as we can, man, God wants us to be still. He tells us in Psalm 46, verse 10, be still and know that I am God. And this morning, that's what I want to do, because real church, right now, this moment, it's just not any other moment. It is a holy moment. It's a special moment. But, but God, in this moment, wants to speak to you, and he wants to do something in your life. And, and then uh, we're going to celebrate today, and then actually in two weeks, uh, man, we're going to be celebrating Easter. And, and, and from the look of it, it kind of scares me. I don't know if we need to add another service uh, to that. But we'll, we'll get to that problem this week in staff meeting. Uh, but again, I'm, I'm excited for what God is doing here at Real Church. Uh, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and grab those. If you don't, it's going to be on the screen behind me. Uh, we're going to jump to a simple verse. Uh, uh, you, you know how I am. I, I, we don't have to tackle a whole lot of Scripture on a Sunday morning, man. Sometimes you could read one verse and God will use that verse to just shake you and wake you up. And when I read this verse this week, as I was praying, uh, we actually, if I'm honest with you, we were going to have a guest speaker today, but he wasn't able to be here with us. And, and so I just began praying, God, what is it that you want me to share uh, on our anniversary, our birthday, a special day? And he just led me to this verse. So if you have it, uh, go ahead and turn to James chapter three, verse 17. It says this, but the wisdom, man, how many of you could use more wisdom in your life, right? If your hand is down, you're nothing but li a liar, all right? But the wisdom from above, not just any wisdom. It has to be wisdom from above because when it's from above, it's from God. That's the kind of wisdom that we need in our lives. But the wisdom from above is first pure. You wanna know if you're getting wisdom from God? He's about to tell you what it's like 
the first thing he says, it's pure. It's peaceable. It's gentle. It's always open to reason. It's always full of mercy and good fruits. It's impartial. And my favorite one and the focus of today, it's going to be sincere. And in real church's words, it's going to be real. And today I titled my message, True to You. And I don't want to get this idea. Uh, I've always said from the beginning of real church, um, our church isn't centered around a personality. Our church isn't centered around how uh, good or bad I communicate. Our church isn't centered around uh, how good our worship music is. But our church is centered around the person of Jesus and Jesus alone. And so when I tell you, be true to you, church, remember, I'm not talking specifically about you today. I'm talking to all of us as a church family, real church, be true to you. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you for what you're doing in this place, God. I thank you for every person that's here this morning. I don't think they're here on accident, Father. I believe every person is ordained to be here this morning, God. Father, I believe there's, there's, there's people in this room who've been running from you. They know the calling that you've placed on their life and they've been running from it, God. I pray that you would just gently remind them of your goodness and why you called them. Father, I pray for the person who's been sitting in a church chair their whole life. God, I pray that you would just turn your, the beauty of who you are to another angle so that they could see you in a different way this morning, God. And Father, I pray for the person in this room who knows nothing about you, who, who doesn't have a relationship with you. God, I pray that this morning they would see that we are your uh, children by the way we love one another, by the way we serve one another. But Father, I pray that you would speak to them this morning and let them know that you have been calling them, that you have seen them, that you are loving them. And, and your love is evident because you have placed them right here in this very moment. And so Father, I thank you for what you're going to do this morning. We love you and we pray these things in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. How many of you love celebrating birthdays? Anybody? Anybody love celebrating birthdays? Yeah. Yeah. I can tell by the way you clap. Uh, how many of you birthdays aren't such a big deal? Any hands? Okay. All right. Those are the Debbie Downers of the church. Uh, gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, I, personally, I love celebrating birthdays, okay? Uh, and especially uh, being Hispanic. Man, Hispanics know how to party, right? Where are my Hispanic people at? We know how to party. Easy, 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 easy. We don't want to scare nobody. We don't want to scare nobody. I love celebrating birthdays, though. Uh, and, and I know that, again, we have people in here that birthdays aren't such a big deal to you. Uh, and it's probably because you're like 40 or something. Uh, but I, I, I love celebrating birthdays. And, and here's the thing. There's good birthdays and there's bad birthdays, right? So I want to talk a few about some good birthdays. The first good birthday. Uh, what's the first good birthday? When you, your kid turns one, right? Uh, do, we do we have any one-year-olds in here? They're probably in there. Oh, we got one in here. Awesome. Yeah. So when that baby turned one, man, it is just the emotions of it, right? I remember uh, I, I met Kinley when she was three, so I wasn't there for my baby girl's first birthday, uh, but I haven't missed one yet. And then Briella, she had her first birthday. And I remember the emotions that ran through me like, oh my gosh, like where did the first year go? And, and Adriana's like, you slept through it while I was up and, and taking care of her, right? 
And then legend, legend came in the picture, and that dude just came out of the womb like this. Just if you know my son, he's just solid brick, shaped like a square. Okay, uh, man, he, he's awesome. But when he turned one, I was like, oh my goodness, like this is happening so fast, right? Uh, and, and we love celebrating the one-year-old birthday because it's exciting. I remember when we celebrated our first birthday as a church at the school that we were meeting in. It was an exciting time. Uh, we we had uh, I, I'm not sure if we had the chairs yet, but we we had chairs that like were missing a leg, and you were sitting in the church service like this. And, and, and we there was times we didn't have AC, and so it was crazy time. Uh, and, and but it was so exciting because that first birthday, there's just something about it. And the next one, I think, uh, my personal opinion, is 10. Why, why 10? Because it's the first double-digit birthday, right? And you're like, then you're really like, oh, my God, my baby's getting so big. Uh, and and you, you are having a hard time letting the baby do, like, can you stop giving a bottle? He's 10. Like, let, let him be, right? Uh, you can't sleep with mom and dad. You're 10. Uh, and, and that's about to hit me. My baby girl's about to turn 10 this year. And, and so... Uh, that's a special one, double digits, and they're getting older, and you can't believe it. Another one, 13. Some of you are like, that's not a good one. Why are we saying that's a good one? 13, teen- that's a teenager, right? They're, they're, they're about to see the real world for a little bit, uh, and they're about to get a glimpse of it when they become a teenager. And then all the uh, their bodies begin to change. I'm not going to give an anatomy class this morning, but th- just weird things start happening. My nephew, uh, the other day, I was like, all right, man, we'll see you later. And he goes, bye. And I'm like, whoa. And, and it's crazy to see them go through these changes, right? And then the next one, 15, because they get a driver's permit. And then, of course, 16. Uh, they're like, Oh my gosh, my baby, uh, they don't know how to wipe their butt, but they're going to be behind a car. They're going to be behind the steering wheel, and, and you got to get another job to make that car payment, right? It's a special birthday because you get to send them to the grocery store. You get to send them uh, to go, uh, and, and then you have an easy punishment. Give me your keys. Give me your keys, right? Uh, when I was 16, dad didn't even have to say, give me your keys. I just knew. I just walk in and drop them on the table like, I screwed up, dad. There you go, right? Uh, so 16, a, another great one. And then the next one, 18, 18. You become uh, uh, what 18-year-olds think they become an adult, right? And, and yet that's the first step of uh, you don't know anything. You don't know anything about the world, but you're 18, and you're allowed to vote. You get to uh, participate in what God wants to do in this country, and you get to have that freedom to vote. Uh, you, you can get called to jury duty. Uh, some of you like jury duty. Some of you don't. Um, you get to go buy your first lottery ticket, right? Don't act too holy on me right now. <laughs> How many of you bought a lottery ticket on your 18th birthday? There's a guy in our church. Uh, I'm going to call him out, JC. Sorry, man. Uh, he bought a lottery ticket the other, the other day. Uh, he, he's wise beyond 18 years old, okay? Let me preface that. Uh, but it was at the highest that it had been, and the other day he, he shared with me for the first time because uh, this was months ago, and he goes, you know, I never told you this. He goes, but I was one number away from winning $3 million. I said, bro, don't tell me that. He goes, man, we would have had some nice speakers in here. I said, speakers, bro, we would have bought land. Like, what are you talking about? Come on. And I know that because uh, I don't even got to ask. I know JC's faithful what God does 
for him. And so 18, 18 is a great birthday. Some of you didn't buy lottery tickets. Some of you bought cigarettes, but we're not going to go there. Okay. But I think the greatest birthday, and I think we could all agree, is the big two one. Any 21 year olds in here? Come on, raise your hand high. Be proud. Be proud. And don't lie. No liars. Okay. 21, 21. This this, I think, is the greatest birthday because now uh, years that of officially, after all them years of just waiting, you can now, you don't need another adult to go do this. You can officially go and rent a car in Texas. Yeah, y'all thought, huh? All right, let's keep it real because we're a real church. You can have your first legal drink, Right? Uh, we don't believe that the, the Bible permits drunkenness, right? Uh, but I have to share, we keep it real here. Uh, I, I enjoy a nice drink with my steak, right? Uh, so 21, you finally get to do some things. Um, but there's some bad ones, I think. I think there's some bad birthdays. Uh, some of you have the perspective that what's the first bad birthday? Let's see if we get this right. Two. Why two? Say it loud. The terrible twos. How many parents in this room have a two-year-old? Oh, my goodness. No wonder we got a stressed-out church. Two years old, they call it the terrible twos. That's not going to be our perspective for real church's second birthday. But I think that's the first one. And then I think some of you have the perspective that 13 is a bad one because you're like, oh, no, teenagers. And the world has told you that raising a teenager is, is just awful. And I'm just like, hey, just hang in there and point them to Jesus, and you're going to be all right. Amen. And then some of you, again, 16, you don't want to put your baby behind a steering wheel. And then 18, you know, they have a little more freedom and they think they know it all. And then 21, some of you are like, my baby is going to destroy their life. They're going to, I'm going to have to bail them out. All right. But here's the thing. Birthdays do cause you to celebrate whatever birthdays. Uh, and I didn't go past any because some of you, uh, you, they say after 21, it's all downhill. Uh, but I celebrated this year. I'm going to celebrate 32 and I, I don't even think my wife and I have, <laughs> I, I, I don't even think, uh, I don't know why they're getting excited. Uh, I, I'm, I'm excited. Thanks. You're invited to my birthday, Josh. Nobody else is invited. You're invited. All right. Uh, you're going to be the DJ. All right. I'm going to celebrate 32 this year and I'm, I'm pumped about it because again, celebrating causes you to do two things. I think it causes you to remember, and then I also think it reminds us. The first thing I think it helps us remember is, man, look where you are in your life. It just causes reflection. Some of you in here, you're married, you have children. Some of you are empty nesters. Some of you can't wait to the day you're an empty nester. Uh, Some of you, you just began the journey like the family up here. But whatever birthday you're celebrating, it always causes you, or it should cause you to remember Well, what should you remember? I think the first thing you should remember is God's faithfulness in your life. When when I didn't deserve love and nobody else would give me and could give me the love that I needed, Jesus did. Amen. I think it should cause you to remember that, man, every time I cursed God, he never left my side. Every time I lost faith, hope in the church, man, God was still there. Celebrating causes you to remember. I think it causes you to remember good things. I think there's things in our past that we look back and we're like, man, I'm so thankful 
that I got to take the journey that I got to take. Some of us, we, we've been privileged to do some things that others haven't. But I think everybody's story is unique in that way because you've got to do things that I haven't, and I haven't got to do things that you have. So if you want to send me on a Hawaiian vacation, I'm open to it, all right? But, man, I, I think you remember good times. You remember the birth of your children. You remember the day you got married. You remember the day you met your bride. You, you remember uh, the time, uh, all the good times that you've had. But let, let, let's keep it real. Let's be honest. I think celebrating also causes us to remember the bad times. When you turn a certain age, you remember those times where you didn't think you were going to make it through that year. You, you, could, you probably could tell me the worst birthday year that you've ever had. I think at the end of it, you could also show gratitude from those trials and tribulations that God walked with you through. Amen? And so celebrating causes us to remember. This week, uh, some of you who follow us on social media, if you don't, you should. Uh, but we, we've been kind of just posting a little journey, a quick snapshot into our journey of a church. Um, and, and from the beginning, and, and can I be honest with you, man, we've had some really good times. And then there's been times where they weren't so good. There's been some times where I wanted to hang it up and I just wanted to go and, and have nothing to do with people. I mean, ministry. Uh, I, I just, there was times where I wanted to give up and there's times where I've had the best moments of my life uh, as we planted real church. And, and you saw some of that journey. Some of you remember the journey uh, when we first, some of you were there when that first initial Bible study that we announced that, hey, we want to plant a church right here in Midland, Texas. And, and, and some of you uh, were there when you were watching on your computer screen when we didn't have an in-person church. But I believe that God was like, you need to go online already. And I was like, but God, nobody goes to our church. And he's like, okay, but that's all right. I just need you to do and trust me. And so I was like, okay, we're going to go online. And, and I remember uh, about five families, maybe six, were joining in Anthony's living room. And every Saturday night, we'd go move couches. We'd roll up his rug. We'd move his furniture. Um, and, and he had just had that house built, but he knew that house was not his. It was God's. And so he opened it up, and, and we sat out chairs. And, man, we, were, we thought we were a big deal. Ten chairs, six people in them, maybe on a Sunday kids burning down his toy room, like, uh, it, it was a good time, and then they had a baby, and we moved to my house, and so we're moving my furniture, and, and, and I just remember those journeys uh, where we, we even had the, you know, when you don't purchase something, you have a watermark? Yeah, we, we couldn't purchase because we couldn't afford it, and we had the watermark, and we were, had the screen, the words of the songs on our TV, and Brett by himself would lead worship uh, in the front, plugged into a speaker, and, and we just thought that God was moving, and I think he was, and, I, and this week just helped me rem remember those times, and, and I remember then praying, all right, God, we need a church home, like I, I'm ready to do this, God. And, and, and how many of you know, you always probably think you know the right time, but we, our time is not his time. And, and in that time, I was, uh, I remember going through and, and I was, I had been in ministry since I graduated college. And for the first time, I was just working what some would say a, a, a quote unquote normal job. And that normal job for me was $15 an hour making smoothies at a nutrition store. 
And in those moments, I was like, man, God, what am I doing? But in that moment, man, God was able to lay some things in place. And we began praying and asking for a place. And I remember we were praying in January of 2021. We were doing a fast and we were praying that God would open up a place. And I don't know if you remember year 2020. Anybody remember that year? Yeah, it was kind of crazy. There was a pandemic and in 2021, the schools were still kind of wrapped up in it. And, and I remember I had gotten a job at the school. And so I'd asked the principal, hey, uh, there's a group of us that want to start a church. Can we use your gym? And he's like, well, let me get back to you. And we're praying, we're praying. And this was after exhausting all of our options and not knowing where we were going to go. And I remember an email one night I was putting Briella to bed and I'm laying on the floor until she goes to sleep. And I opened up my email and the email said, hey, we're good to go. You just let me know uh, what you need from me. And I remember just walking into my bedroom in tears, telling my wife that God is always faithful, that he'll always come through and that he had opened up the door. So excitement rose in our group and we were like, all right, uh, we're going to launch in March. And they're like, yo, that's like a couple of months ago. I'm like, we're going to do it and, and we're going to make it happen. And how many, raise your hand if you were at our very first service, very first service. Okay. A handful of you guys. Um, I remember that uh, was such an exciting day, and, and we remember setting up. Uh, we had to set up our whole church on Saturday night, and then we'd have to tear it all down on Sunday mornings every single week. Friday nights, uh, a group of us would go up there, and we would set it all up. And then on Sunday, you would stand up. Literally, I would say, I hope you guys have a great week. And you would pick up, you'd turn around, and you'd fold up your chair, and you'd go put it on the rack. How many of you served the church that way? All right, see? Uh, you need to get serving again, you bunch of sinners. Uh, get comfy chairs, and you relax. I don't know. Um, and, and, you know, we, we began meeting there for a long time. And, and then the school comes, and they tell us, hey, uh, we're actually becoming a charter school, and we can't renew our contract. And, and it was like just the enemy just gripped my heart with fear. And I was like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? They said, you got three months. Now, I don't know if you know about real estate in Midland, Texas, but it's not the cheapest. And so uh, I remember driving, knocking, praying. Uh, my wife just, uh, I literally went and knocked on pastor's home doors uh, because I needed to find a home for real church. And in those times, you guys were faithful and stayed strong because we moved into our office space and then we moved into a hotel. And we've been in five different places in two years and yet God is still moving. And so we find ourselves now, we're here, we're celebrating two years, two years of this journey, remembering the good times and remembering the bad times. And then I also think it causes, it reminds you when you turn 25, you're reminded of some goals that you set that you wanted to accomplish by the time you were 25. You want to accomplish by the time you're 30, by the time you're 35, by the time you're 40. I think every wise person uh, writes down goals that they want to accomplish. And in the same way, our church are, are writing things down. I remember when Anthony and I were the only ones in the office and we're writing, all right, what, what do we want to see? What do we want to pray for in 2021, 2022 um, and, and we're just praying and seeking the Lord. And, and it reminds you, I also think, it grounds you, and it reminds you who you are. And you look at your life, and you reflect, and you say, man, this is who I am. And, and, and I've said this from the beginning. Nobody is better at lying to you than you. 
And so in that moment when, when you're celebrating and you're being reminded, you can either be truthful with yourself or you can just lie to yourself and say, ah, I, I finally got rid of that anger that I was dealing with. I, I finally forgave that person, right? And, and, and I think if we're honest, man, uh, in those moments of celebration, we're just reminded of who we are. And not all of it's bad. Some of it's good. Some of you are like, man, I am farther along than I was a year ago. I am farther along than I was two, five, ten years ago. And you should be always taking steps forward. And this is important for even a church because if you don't remember who you are, you will try and be something that you're not. I'll be honest with you. Uh, in the day and age of social media, uh, you, I follow churches. I see uh, all the, the, the churches in Dallas, and I see them in San Antonio. I see them in Chicago and Atlanta, and, and, and I see all these churches doing things. And then I see these speakers. I, I, I've shared with you, I don't listen to music most of the time. Most of the time, I'm just a sermon junkie, and I've got communicators in my ears uh, so that I can learn from, so that I can become a better communicator myself. And, and I see these guys and I'm like, man, they're so good. And guess what? I'll, if I'm not careful, I'll begin to try to copy them. I'll try to become something that I'm not. I'll try to be someone who I'm not. I'll, I'll, imagine if I came up here just one random Sunday, for those of you who have been coming to Real Church and you know the way that I communicate, you know the way that I preach, you know kind of what you're going to get on a Sunday morning, and I just came up here and just said, hey, we all have church in here today. You're going to be like, who is this dude? Right? You're going to be like, that's not the Carlos that I know. And then what if I came up here and said, today I'm going to articulate the complexities of the Gospels and we're going to open up the Scripture and we are going to break down uh, the etymology and every word that we have in the Scripture. You're going to be like, oh my God, this is going to be boring. Right? And that's not who you are. So it's important for even as a church that you stay true to you. So real church this morning, all I want to do is remind us of who we are. And here's the thing. Our text in James reminds us that we need to be living by God's wisdom. And then he lays out what that wisdom looks like. And my favorite one was at the very bottom that said it needs to be sincere. In our words, it needs to be real, right? And when you look at this word sincere, it's actually used from the, uh, the, the original language. You go back into Bible times, you had uh, people who were making pottery and in this pottery, uh, if they were in the process of making it, in the process of it drying, if it would crack, people who weren't sincere would put wax over it and then paint it. But when people began to use it and they'd place it over heat, that wax would uh, melt off and they would see the cracks. And so this word is saying, hey, don't hide your cracks. Be sincere. If you haven't been coming to Real Church, our name says it, Real Church. I tell you all the time, do not leave parts of you in your vehicle when you come to church. You bring all of you into Real Church, the good, the bad, and the ugly, right? You bring all of you. Why? Because this is a place of grace, because that's the kind of Savior that we serve. He is here to offer grace, love, and mercy, and, and, and so you don't have to be someone that you're not. You don't have to put on a mask. You, you don't have to pretend that you're perfect. 
one of our very first series that we ever did as a church, and I want to do it again. I titled it Church Sucks. And, and people I remember were like, whoa. And, and of course, I, I made sure that I communicated that church doesn't suck if we do it the way God designed it for it to be. And, and, and so uh, I, I think that we just need to be a people who are sincere and real. And if we're honest, I think we would all say that uh, in our world, we would just love more sincere people around us, right? I don't think anybody wants to be around people who have like an underlying uh, motivation on why you're their friend. I don't think you want a friend who wants to be friends with you because you have money. I don't think you want friends with that want to be friends with you because you have access to certain people. I don't think you want a friend who is insincere. I think we all want people around us who, man, what you see is what you get, right? And from the beginning of Real Church, uh, myself and my wife, we've done our very best uh, because it, it's easy, if I'm honest, as pastors to become uh, different because of position and title. But for it, it, there's, a, there's a reason nobody in this room calls me Pastor Carlos because I've told you over and over, pastoring is what I do. It's not who I am. And so that helps me just remind me that, hey, I'm, I'm on the same level as everybody else, right? And, and, and I just want also in our family's lives, I want sincere friends around my family. I want sincere people around my children. And here's what's sincere. Uh, it, it's without cracks. It's free from deceit. So if you're constantly trying to be somebody, uh, to trick them into believing that you're smarter than you really are or that you have more money than you really have or, or, or that uh, you, you, are, you have more degrees than what you really sound like. That's all deceit. And I think we want to live in a world where there's more sincerity. And here's the thing. That is in the essence of who we are. We are real church. And here at this place, we want to keep it real. We want to keep it real. And today, uh, that's what I want to remind you. I want to remind you who we are. What does that mean? We have a mission here at Real Church. There is a mission. We don't believe we're just a body of people who love Jesus. And on one day a week, we're going to come in here and we're going to worship and then leave and, and never talk to each other, never impact our city uh, and, and play this church game. I'm not here to play a church game. I'm here because Jesus changed my life. And I believe he can change yours if you surrender your life to him. And so that comes, and I remember uh, when the group of us of the leadership, we went up to Rio Doso, and we, we all stayed in this cabin, and we began the first morning, and we were praying, and I whipped out an iPad, and I connected it to the TV. I said, all right, what do you want your church to look like? And they kind of all looked at me like, well, you're supposed to tell us you're the pastor. <laughs> and, and then, man, little by little, they just began spitting things out. And from everything that we gathered, we came up with this mission. And this mission states that we are a church who exists to point real people to a real Jesus with a real love. And if you've been coming to real church, that should be engraved in your mind. That should be engraved in your heart because out of that is how you and I are going to live in our communities. That's how we're going to treat the people around us. And that's how we are going to impact our city because we are a church that does not exist to impress people but we want to impact people and, and this is how we do it we point them to a we, we are real people to point them to a real jesus with a real love 
And I want to break that a little more down for you this morning if we are going to be sincere like the book of James tells us to. In Romans 3.23, it says that all, everybody say all, all have fallen short of the glory of God, meaning you are not perfect, you've never been perfect, and you're not gonna be perfect until you step foot into heaven. So you and I, man, we have flaws. I have flaws. Ask my wife, she'll tell you. I have flaws. And, and, and you have flaws. And we're just a whole uh, messed up people knowing that we're all just messed up. I, I love Juan and Kristen. Uh, she's our children's director. And, and he sh reminded me when we were hanging speakers the other night. And he almost kicked me off the ladder and killed me. Uh, I, I remember he said, man, I remember the first time I left Real Church. He goes, I looked over to my wife and I said, man, these people are just like us. Not even these people, even the pastor, he, he's just like us, messed up, messed up. And I love that because that's what I am trying to portray to you, that there's no elitism in Christianity. You don't just make it one day. But this is all a process that God is coming into your story and he wants to infuse you into a bigger story in the church family. And he wants to do it with real people. Real people are messed up people. Real people have baggage. Real people have hurt. Real people have regrets. Real people have shame. Real people have guilt. Real people have things that they are not proud of. Real people have things that they don't want to tell anybody and they're going to carry it to their grave. Real people have real mess. Real people have gone through real divorces. Real people have, have, have some have been locked up. Real people uh, have been through bankruptcy. Real people have mess ups. They're dirty, but guess what? Jesus got down in the dirt with the people, and we want to reflect that in the, the lives around us. So uh, I remember when everybody said, well, what's y'all's church name? And I said, real church. And they're like, oh, are all the other churches fake? <laughs> like, no, that's not what I'm saying, man. But we just have a heart that we want to be able to walk into a place where we don't have to pretend that if I just fought with my spouse, I'm not fixing her a cup of coffee when I walk into church. <laughs> don't clap. Men, men, do not clap. Don't clap, men. Don't clap, men. But I, I just want people to know, man, you could just be you. Just that, that, that's all God wants. Why? Because that's what God wants from us. He just wants us to be us. Why? Because we can't make ourselves holy. We can't make ourselves better. With the, church is not a game of becoming a better person. I know a lot of people have that kind of perspective that that's what church is for, but that's not what it is. God doesn't want to make you better. He wants to make you new. He wants to make you new, and that's only through the person of Jesus and even when Jesus comes into your life, I, he came into my life when I was 15. You can ask my parents, 16, 17, 18 were probably my worst years, right? And so when we, Jesus comes in, it's not like our lives just become perfect and picture clean. But God, in the process of sanctifying our hearts, he says, hey, hey, give me this today. Give me this part of your heart. G give me this regret that you have. Give me this guilt that you've been dealing with and you won't let go, just, just give it to me. And over a lifetime, he's just sanctifying us until the day of perfection when we are standing with Jesus. And so what are real people? All have fallen short of the glory of God. And we're all on the same level field. And that is at the foot of the cross.
Amen? And we point, we're, we're, we're a people, we're real people who point people to Jesus. How many of you have ever had lunch and you just loved when someone sat across the table from you and they just tried to fix you? Yeah, not one hand. Not one hand. You and I cannot play the role of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's job is to convict us and to reveal to us the person of Jesus because when he does that, we become more like him. Okay, and so we here at Real Church know, I'm not saying we don't encourage each other here. I'm not saying that we don't love each other here, but we do not try to fix each other here, right? You bring your junk and you don't go behind them saying, dude, you need to fix that, bro. No, you, you say, hey, is there room? Is there room to get at the foot of the cross, right? And we just say, hey, man, I know what Jesus and I've been in relationship with Jesus and, and man, he can take that from you. Man, he, he, you can talk to him about that. You feel like you don't have anybody to talk to, go to him. And all we're doing is just pointing, 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 pointing. How do we do that? We do that with our attitudes. And we've talked about this as we walk through the book of Philippians, that there's this, over theme, this theme just constantly thrown in our face of joy and gratitude. Your joy and your gratitude can point people to Jesus. If you haven't, uh, uh, heck, some of you, you haven't led people to Jesus because you're just grumpy, grumpy all the time. I don't want to be like that if, if that's what it means to be like Jesus. Right? And, and, and so uh, you point people to Jesus with your attitude. You point people to Jesus with your actions. By the way, you, man, hey, let me help you out with that. Or even as simple as this, man, how you doing? How you doing? How's your soul? And, and guess what? The rest of it looks like this. Notice my mouth isn't moving. Why? Because you're listening. We need to become better listeners as Christians because we love people when we listen because it shows that you care. And don't be thinking about whole nine next week listen i'm going to play golf today and i'm super excited <laughs> super pumped listen so you, you you show love through your attitude you show love through your actions and you show love through your words and that one's simple i don't even need to get into that so we're a real people who who are pointing others to jesus a real Jesus, because Romans 8, 34 says that Jesus really died. He died a physical death, right? This isn't something that was made up. It's not philosophical. Like there's evidence, like real evidence that he was a real person, that he really died. Like you can go to these places and I pray that one day I get to. And then the, the verse goes on in Romans 8, 34 that says, but he was also raised to life and he is now seated at the right hand of the father interceding for you and I. And we believe that he's really alive. He's not just some uh, object in the sky with his arms folded doing nothing. But we really believe he is alive. And some of it is through his word because we believe the word is active and alive. You, don't, you can't feel that God is alive. You don't know if he's really alive. Man, I would challenge you, go open up your Bible. Open it and read it. And he will show you that he's alive. And we are real people who point real G to a real point people to a real Jesus with a real love. Because sometimes the church is awful at that. 
Sometimes we are the grumpiest. Sometimes we are the most judgmental. Sometimes we are the most hateful people. I'm not saying we need to go out and and just uh, applaud everything that's going on. But man, we can love them in a certain way that points them to Jesus and to the one who can change them. Amen? Romans 12, 9. I love this verse. It says, do not pretend to love other people. Don't pretend to love people. But really love them. Like really care about them. You should be sending text messages. You should be making phone calls. You should should be doing everything in your power to love the people around them and really love them. Not for anything that they can give you, not for anything that you can benefit from them, but you love them because it points them to Jesus. Don't pretend. So we are a people, a real people, who exist to point real people to a real Jesus with a real love. Church, be true to you as we celebrate two years. Because in these next few years, I believe God is going to continue to send people that we have a, a, a responsibility to love, that we have a responsibility to serve, that we have a responsibility to care for, that we have a responsibility to point them to a Savior that can save them from their sin and from damnation. I really believe that. And and as he does that, it's going to be easy to want to drift off and do things that aren't us. Well, you're the pastor. You're really controlled. No, I don't. Because this takes all of us. This takes the people who are serving your children right now. It takes people welcoming you in the doors. It takes people uh, making the coffee. It takes people checking in your kids. It takes people using their gifts and their talents to serve you. And if we begin to drift, we we, we won't stay true to who we are. And I always want to stay true to who we are. I want to stay true to who we are. Amen, church? I want to close with this story. Um, There's a phenomenon going on in our culture, and some of you are a part of that phenomenon. Uh, There's a phenomenon going on with shoes, okay? Raise your hand, no shame, if you're a shoe person, like you really like shoes. Come on, raise it high, be proud. Some of you, you, you be real, you, you want to, my dad's raising his hand. He's got more shoes than probably my mom and my wife compared. I used to be like, I used to love shoes, but not anymore because I, I just can't afford them anymore. Because <laughs> the shoe, the phenomenon that's going on isn't just some regular shoe. These are like legit shoes. These are not that yours aren't legit, okay? So your, your shoes are cool. Your shoes are, Ace, yours are all right. They're not bad. Mine are not bad. It's funny, these shoes sat in my closet for two years. They were gifted to me at Christmas. And one day I was like, man, I need some white shoes. And I was like, hey, there's some white shoes. But normally, if you go to lunch with me, if you see me throughout the week, uh, I'm wearing my favorite pairs of shoes. I'm wearing my favorite shoe that is probably about five years old. It's an Adidas shoe. Uh, I have extremely flat feet, extremely flat feet. Uh, band, you can come up. Uh, and they're these Adidas, though. My brother-in-law made fun of me the other day. He goes, bro, you need to let me take those home and power wash them. Like, aren't those supposed to be white? I was like, yeah, but they're so comfortable. They're so comfortable. 
And, and, and here's the thing. I got a nine-year-old daughter, and she, I think, is becoming a part of this shoe phenomenon. So if you're hiring, uh, I can speak well. I can, I, I can uh, lead some team meetings or something because these shoes aren't cheap, right? You go to Tall City Sneakers, shout out. I love those dudes. He's actually a pastor, if you didn't know that. Uh, love the dude. Wonderful business. Tall City Sneakers, you go in that store, though, you better take all your credit cards, okay? And so I remember my daughter, she, I don't know how she caught on to it, uh, but she's like, yeah, Dad, I want these shoes, like these Jordan Air 1s. And I'm like, what? Like, all right, let's go look. And I, I turned the shoe over to look at the price. What you, what you got in the clearance section? Like, what, what you got over there, right? And she's falling in love with these shoes, and I, and I love it. And, and she doesn't get them all because, again, they're, they're just expensive. And, and But this last birthday, she was like, Dad, I really want some pandas. And I was like, Ken, I don't think they'll allow pandas in our backyard. Like, I, I, I think we could get in trouble. She goes, no, Dad, Dad, they're shoes. And I was like, what are you talking about? She's like, yeah, they're these black and white shoes. They're Nikes. They're really cool. They'll match with all my outfits. I'm like, cool, cool. Show them to me. And, and so I looked them up, and I, and I, know, I was like, oh, yeah, like, that's like the new trend. Like, you go to Target, and everybody's wearing these shoes, right? Everybody's got pandas on. And, and if you don't know what panda's on, babe, lift your, lift your foot up. Like, she said, no, I'm not doing that. They're white and black Nike shoes. And I'm like, okay, yeah, those are pretty sweet, but not for that price. Like, and so Ken, I was like, Ken, uh, I don't know if you're going to get those for your birthday, right? And she's got an awesome person in her life, a, a great friend of mine who gifted them to her and my sister-in-law. So shout out to them or my, my daughter wouldn't be rolling around in pandas. And then uh, ladies night is coming up and my wife was like, man, I've really been liking Kenley shoes. And I was like, babe, you know how much those cost, right? She's like, yeah, don't. And she never asked for anything. But right, men, when your wife presents something to you that, because my wife never asks for anything, anything. And I was like, no, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go get them. I'm going to go get them. And so I call up the dude. They're closed, but uh, we're friends. And I said, dude, I didn't know you were closed on, on Sundays. He goes, yeah. He goes, what do you need? I said, man, I need this size of pandas. And, and he said, cool, yeah, yeah, I'll meet you at the store. And he went and opened up the store, and I was able to get my wife these pandas. And now she's like, she's like, yeah. <laughs> I'm joking. She's not like that. She's the most humble person I, I know. But this whole, now she's like, babe, you should get you some pandas. And I'm like, I am not paying that for my, she's, I was like, babe, my Adidas are good. She's like, no, they're not. They're embarrassing. Like, you look dirty. And, and, and so I, I was like, I, I used to like shoes, and now I don't really care for it. If I'm going to buy something, I'm going to buy it for my children. I'm going to buy it for my wife. And, and the other day, so I was texting her, and I was like, I'm going to go get me some pandas. And she's like, really? And I was like, yeah, because there's this other phenomenon that's happening. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. It's called Preachers and Sneakers. And preachers are getting posted on this Instagram account, and they're going viral because of the shoes on their feet. How crazy is that? Not because of the news that they're preaching, but because what's on their feet. And it's causing all these questions like, uh, oh, dang, like that dude's wearing $1,200 Travis Scott's and he's preaching the gospel. Like, is he using the church money for those shoes? Like, what's going on? I know how much those shoes cost. And it's caused this whole thing in the Christian community. You Go look it up. Preachers and sneakers. It's crazy. And some preachers, they're like, man, these are a gift. These are a gift. And that's like a joke of preachers and sneakers that, oh, yeah, all those shoes are a gift. 
because they know the cost of them. And they're like, well, is it okay for preachers to wear expensive sneakers? You know, can a preacher like expensive sneakers? Can they not? And I'm just thankful that that's not a battle that I deal with. But because I told you, sometimes every once in a while, just like you, I kind of want to maybe dab a little bit into it, right? And so I told her, I was like, babe, I'm going to go buy it. I'm going to go buy it. I'm going to go buy some heat. And so I, uh, I went to the store and I did a thing. And I bought some pandas. Hey, watch out. They're a size too small, but that's all they had. Oh, I got to get my foot in them. And I was like, man, check these out. And my wife was like, yeah, babe, those look good on you. And from afar, you're like, man, those are those. How many of you agree these are nice, right? All right. And, and, and here's the thing, though. As I'm up here every week, I want to be like, man, I, I want to stay true to who I am, right? One one Sunday, I wore a jacket, and people were like, whoa, <laughs> like, chip, it's chip, just a jacket. Like, I got a suit too. Don't let this shirt fool you. <laughs> and, and, and I bought these. And she goes, no, you didn't. I said, yeah. Because here's the thing. I, I need a young person who, who maybe likes shoes or you would be interested in shoes. Anybody, anybody in here like that? Anybody? Keaston, do you like shoes? Come here, Keaston, come here. Y'all give Keaston a round of applause. Keaston, have you ever seen these shoes at your high school? I'm sure you have. Yeah? Do you own a pair? Yes, he's really big, and he's what, 16, 15? 15. But anyway, you like those? C I want you to come closer to me, though. Come closer to me, because I really, I really need you to see those. Tell everybody what that says right there. It says, and one. Some of you sneakerheads, I see it on your face. You're like, what? I thought those was, I, th I thought them was pandas. I thought they were pandas. Thank you, Keaston. Y'all give Keaston a round of applause. Here's the thing, it, if you know, I went to Walmart this week, and I bought me some pandas, and last night I was drawing a Nike check on them, and I was like, yo, babe, check these out, these really look like pandas, they really look, she's like, babe, please don't, I'm like, yo, a fraction of the cost, your pandas were like 170 20 dollars. But they look real. Tori, quit staring at my shoes. They look good. Here's the thing, though. You don't stay true to who you are. And when people get into proximity to you, they're going to look and they'll be like, whoa, that's not real. There's something fake about you. And they're going to call you out on it because everybody's quick to call out the church when they're being fake. And so I was like, all right. They do look, I might wear them. You better watch out. And don't call me out when I'm out in the community wearing my pandas, all right? And so I was like, no, you know what? Here, 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 here it is. So I went to Tall City Sneakers and I was like, yo, I need, I need some real pandas. Wife ain't digging the fake ones. So the other day we were in Target, literally Starbucks, right? That, that, that is such a good idea. Starbucks right when you get into Target, what a deal. And... and the couple that's behind my wife, she's ordering, I'm at the table, 
and they have matching sneakers. The couple behind them have matching sneakers. My wife and kids have their Nikes, and uh, my wife and Kinley have pandas, and I'm back there sitting just with my Adidas just swinging my feet, you know. No shame, no shame, no shame. I don't need pandas. I know who I am. I don't need shoes to tell me. But I was like, no, nah, I need to go get some pandas. I need to go get some pandas. So we'll get rid of the fake ones, and we'll, we'll, we'll. yeah, you, you, now, guess what? You can tell, oh, yeah, yeah, those are real. You can tell the difference, right? You can tell the difference. I'm going to make sure y'all look at them, too. They real. My boy, you got nice sneakers. These are real, right? Tell them. You're like, whoa, but but those still look a little goofy. Why do they look a little goofy on you? Let me show this side real quick. Yeah. Those look good. They look a little big. They look a little big. Here's the thing. They are a little big. Because as I begin to pray and ask God, what is it that you want me to share with our church family on our two-year anniversary? Be true to you. Be true to you. No matter if you remain this size, be true to you. No matter if you grow and become one of the biggest churches in Midland, Texas, let's have a little faith, okay? Be true to who you are. And you always remember, be true to you. Cool, cool, cool. I got that. I got it. I got it, God. I got it. I'm going to be true to who we are. And I remember just driving, and he dropped the last nugget of my message. He goes, by the way, being true to you isn't for you. Being true to you isn't for you. And he just began to, it's like my, I told Anthony, it's like it just downloaded in my spirit. So I went to uh, Tall City Sneakers, and I walked in. I said, I need some pandas. And they're like, oh, yeah, everybody wants pandas. I said, yeah, but I need a certain size of pandas. And I don't know if you got them. And, and they said, well, our bi- I said, what's your biggest size that you got? And they said, well, let me go look. And they, they come back, and he comes back with his box like this. And I'm like, yeah, I'll Size 14, panda. Because it just kept repeating over and over in my spirit. Being true to you isn't for you. Being true to you isn't for you. Being true to you isn't for you. Kisa, can you come back up here? He says, I don't want you to be true to you just for you, for your sake. Being true to who you are is for the people out there. It's never for you. I don't know if you know Keeson. His mom, Courtney, she works in our nursery. She's our nursery coordinator and makes sure that your babies are always taken care of. And every week, he's in there serving, dealing with your bad kids. And here's the thing. I, I know some of his story. Man, this dude, if you would just know if you would just know. And Keeson, I want these to be a reminder to you that being true to you is never for you. It's for the person that God puts in front of your path to point them to Jesus. All right?
being true to you is not for you. It's for the person searching for something that they've tried their whole life to fill. Being true to who we are as a church is for a people who's looking for people to just love them for who they are and trusting that God will change their life, not people. Being true to you is for those who come in hurting and beat down, tired and exhausted, and you and I get to say, hey, I know a Savior that says we can come to Him that when we're tired, we're scared, and we're full of fear. His name is Jesus. It's not a pastor's name. It's not a church name. Being true to you isn't about you, so it's not even about real church. It's about Jesus. And Jesus alone. Because here's the thing. There's people in your path right now that you're ignoring, and God keeps putting them in front of you. He says, just love them. Just point them to me. Just point them to me. Because you're the only person in their life who has a relationship with me. You're the only person that has the grace to give them because I've given it to you. You're the only person who has the love to give them because you know what real love is. Because his name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. So we stand.